1: Plug in and get
0: connected to hot tips, interesting perspectives, and expert travel advice as we cultivate travel insight through intelligent conversation. Suppose I told you that you were stranded on a deserted island. What's the first thing you would think of? Mine was which island would it be? A random one in the South Pacific or a specific one I've long dreamt of returning to? Suppose you found a genie bottle there. What three wishes would you ask for? To be rescued, perhaps? or use one of the wishes to keep the island your secret hideaway. We've all had such thoughts, I hope, as Scott and I both have. And today we thought it would be fun to pose such questions on an episode about travel fantasies and future predictions. I'm Trevor Ranges in Siem Reap, Cambodia. And with me, as usual, in Bangkok, Thailand, again, Scott Coates.
1: Hi there, Trevor. As you said, Siem Reap, I realized that it's been over a year now, since I was last there. I can't believe that's a year ago that we came and spent a bit of time in Siem Reap and we shot a pretty cool video for our patrons about motorbiking around some temples. So I'm kind of missing things there, but uh, generally happy in Bangkok. How are you doing?
0: Yeah, pretty good. Uh, the weather started to cool down a bit here. And uh, so that's nice. The end of the, the hot season as we roll into North American summer, ironically, uh, is nice and, and cool here now. So I'm pretty happy.
1: Yeah, and the weather is changing here in Bangkok, too. It's just started to rain here and there a little bit each day for the last week or so. And I think gets everyone excited because it's just been so excruciatingly hot for a couple of months. So knowing some relief is on the way in the form of rain has putting a bit of a smile on my face, too.
0: Yeah, you know, um, as for this episode, uh, yeah, I guess this is just sort of a fun idea I had, and uh, you seem to like it and run with it a little bit on the show notes. So uh, you know, sometimes we like to loosen things up. And uh, you know, speculation is always fun, too, and coming up with predictions. And we've done dream travel destinations. So we've done sort of similar things that I guess were closer to the realm of possibility and reality. And I guess uh, today, we're going to stretch those.
1: Yeah, you've laid out quite a fantasy-like travel dream chat here and we have a few different categories we're going to go through and talk about kind of what ifs this happened and what would we do if we could do kind of anything and a few different things some things that might well come true some that are pure hoping and wishing but before we get on to that fun conversation remember this show keeps going because of some good people called patrons and we want to thank our number one patron of all time Austin C. Thank you, Austin, for supporting us so generously over the years. So Austin and other patrons sponsor the show from as little as a few dollars a month upwards and way upwards, as in the case of Austin. Thank you again, Austin. What do they get? Well, they get a nice, warm, fuzzy feeling knowing they keep this going, but they also get a special bonus episode in between each of these episodes. Sometimes it's a conversation. Trevor and I just had one about uh, the coming rainy season that we shared, how we plan and contend with that. And there's also some videos and stuff like that. So become a patron, help keep it going. So Trevor, where should we start this crazy, excellent adventure?
0: Well, let's do it on the deserted island, Scott. If you could pick okay. any uninhabited island to get instantly transported to right now, which
1: would it be? Well, first of all, it's not uninhabited because I'm not even sure if I could name you an uninhabited islands. Like I might know of one, but when I thought of this, I thought of a pretty mainstream island and it's uh Kauai in Hawaii. So I hope you'll let Mm. that one pass. Uh, lots of people on it, but let's imagine everyone disappeared. And uh, I was on Kauai. Yeah, I thought about that. Okay. All on my own. I've been there a couple times, was really wowed by it. It's got one of the deepest gorges in the world. It's also got one of the wettest spots on earth up towards the gorge, which is pretty neat. It has incredible beaches, massive, massive cliffs on the north shore of the island, uh, waterfalls, wild chickens everywhere. So I feel that being there would offer many good possibilities a climate that's livable all year it's truly you know tropical paradise you could bathe in, in the freshwater waterfalls you could enjoy the beaches you could ascend elevation to the high spots to get cooling off if you need so i think that one would have to be the one that i would settle on trevor how about you
0: yeah, you know, I thought about that as well, because like the follow up question is if you found the genie bottle there. So that kind of plays into it that maybe you could make all the people on a certain island disappear. So it's only yours. But you know, you brought up some good points there because uninhabited, I was thinking like uh, P. lay. You know, in Thailand, there's ko pi Dawn don and pi Lay. and pi Lay is uninhabited, right? So Correct. like if you got transported there, at least you'd be somewhere relatively close to sort of safety, but you wouldn't be able to feed yourself there and you'd get kicked off of that island, you know, because you're not supposed to be there, right? Uh, like I you wouldn't necessarily so. want to be out in the middle of the South Pacific because uh, it would be so, you'd never get found or you wouldn't be able to ever get off, you know? So, you're right. Like, what does that deserted island you end up on? uh, It should have uh, some food source or plentiful fish that you'd be able to catch and uh, make some shelter on, et cetera. So, let's just roll into that next question, Scott. Suppose you did find a genie bottle on a beach one day. Mm -hmm. What would your three wishes be? And they could be like just three specific travel wishes, since that's the theme here, or they could be sort of uh, any three wishes, wishes. And we'll see if travel is one or two of them.
1: Well, I'm keeping them travel because I mean we would obviously wish for world peace or to be back with you know our loved ones or something like that. So <laughs> let's let's pretend that it's it's travel and you know maybe getting back to our families isn't our number one priority. But I think the first one that comes to me would be to have an unlimited supply of money to keep traveling, right? And so whatever form that took in that current time, whatever the atmosphere was, I'd have the money or the access to unlimited travel. That would be my first one so that I could just keep traveling as much as I want. Putting that one aside, I'd be able to communicate with anyone. I mean, that would be top. So whether I just had the natural ability to understand any language or I had some gadget in my ear that made it so that I could understand people and then when I spoke it came out as something they could understand, I think that would definitely be the second one, just being able to speak with and understand everything. And then the third one would be somehow the ability to teleport to wherever I wanted to go to cover so much of the globe at will. So I could just decide, ooh, you know what? I wanna be over there on Sumatra, or I wanna be over here yeah. in Ukraine or whatever. I could just sort of, boom, instantly be there. So those would be, yeah, my three. How about you? What would you ask that genie for?
0: Um, you know, pretty similar. Uh, but I've actually thought about this for a long time. So two of my three wishes, <laughs> I've I've had this these wishes for since my twenties probably. Um, and you know, I, I was always interested in the law and, and language and <laughs> genies are tricky, you know. So like you have to be able to phrase your wishes properly. So my first two, again, I've had most of my life, were number one, to travel anywhere in the world at will, safely with whatever I'm wearing or holding. And that's important because you want to bring someone with you, you can just like put them on your piggyback and boom, you can bring them with and clothes, obviously, you know, so but you want to change into like your ski gear and put your skis on before you like, <laughs> went to the top of a mountain, right? Okay, you have thought this story. so And safely, right anywhere in the world at will safely. Um, number okay. two was to, to be able to speak and understand every language in the world. Um, which is yeah. similar to yours. Cause if you're going to travel everywhere in the world at will, you really do need to speak and understand like every language. Right.
1: Yeah. That's a good one.
0: And then my third one was like that. That was the the world piece. Maybe it was to be able to play guitar like Hendrix for a while. Like I, I've had a lot of different ones. And then I heard this joke about uh, an Irishman who finds a genie bottle and he's skeptical mm-hmm. that the genie's real and the genie's like, well, go on, just wish for something then. And he wishes for a a, a pint glass that, is always filled with Guinness and and he drinks Ooh. it down and ding it's filled with Guinness again and he drinks it down and ding it's filled with Guinness again and so the genie goes see now you believe me right well you got two more wishes and the irishman goes right the well, first thing i'll have is another one of these pints <laughs> <laughs> but from that i got the idea of like a cornucopia you know so in this instance i'm going to say it's a suitcase i have like a magic suitcase that like okay. when you open it up it has any clothing or food or 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 whatever that i'd need inside of it you know
1: and just whatever you open that suitcase just whatever you were thinking of is inside yeah it's
0: like mary mary poppins bag or something like that you know
1: oh okay yeah i forget that part of mary poppins that 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 is an excellent thing you just have the one bag and everything comes out of it i like that one a lot
0: yeah including Mm. pints of guinness if you like
1: Those are three good ones. And I like your bag probably more than some of mine. But, yeah, we're on the same sort of wavelength with those. So let's, you know, come back to Earth and think about things that actually – might come true that we maybe hope would come
0: true yeah this next section i was thinking of like uh what's more likely this or that kind of thing Uh, but i realize they don't all neatly fall into those categories so maybe Mm -hmm. like some of these things might both occur so which one are you more looking forward to happening perhaps does that make sense all right yeah so like the first one and in no no particular order but like you know in the future we might have like virtual reality right and you might be able to have to to wear like a haptic suit with like the headset and you could visit someplace virtually of course but then maybe like in total recall you know the the schwarzenegger movie they do like implants memories right so what do you think is like maybe more likely or is going to be a cooler thing the the haptic suit virtual reality travel or memory implant vacations
1: i think both will happen at some point i think the haptic suit is way more likely and of course you know some sort of goggle setup will be not too far off but i i don't really want people putting something in my brain so i'm going to say the haptic suit virtual reality travel i think that'd be pretty neat and i assume with haptic suit it can make you feel literally like you're there hot cold sweaty wet whatever it is so yeah i think that one is a step towards the second and something that people would pay money for and i probably would to escape or maybe you get a taste of somewhere before you go to know if you really like it
0: yeah and you know i can bring something up that's lower on but like i thought about uh, there's going to be like augmented reality as we visit places too like suppose you go to the angkor temples like you'll be able to like switch your view to 10th century or something like that you know and and you'd be able to like see virtual people walking around dressed as they used to be back in those days you know so i think like augmented reality when you're in the location might be cooler than virtually traveling somewhere because like i want to go in the ocean and i don't imagine any haptic suit's gonna replicate that you know
1: well along that line is something that kind of exists already i've been i think i've seen this in Cambodia and i've seen it in thailand where if you download an app and you're at a temple then you kind of hold your phone with the camera on over the building and it sort of lays over what it would have looked like back in the day and i do think that kind of thing would be very neat with travel when it gets a little better is to be able to look at ruins or buildings and sort of get a picture of what they actually look like that would be neat
0: yeah for sure all right so this next one uh was just i was thinking about like visas and stuff like that like will there ever eventually be like just global visas so we can just travel everywhere or like, you know, I was thinking like, there's going to be so much data on us. They can know our credit score. They know like our, our Uber rating or whatever. So we're like, will visas be determined by an aggregate of your credit score and your social rankings and all these other things?
1: Yeah. I think you're not far off on there. And unfortunately they kind of do it in China already, but being uh, looking at things in an optimistic point, I hope we get to a point where the world gets smaller in terms of countries that need visas for other countries. So I think it will get easier over time. And I wouldn't doubt it if somehow your whole history is connected to to that. And if somehow you have, you know, let's say you've gotten too many dangerous driving tickets and you had one assault, minor assault, that might go against you in some countries. Whereas other yeah. places, if you're known to have, you know, you get a score each time you leave a country and it's actually scored yeah. out that like, Oh, Trevor left this country better than he found it. And he did, he donated to a charity <laughs> while he was there and it Fair. actually makes you a better traveler. I think all, that is entirely possible.
0: Yeah. I even thought like airlines can do it and put like the troublesome people all in the back, you know, like if you don't have a good score, you sit in the back of the airplane and uh, you know, um, great but idea. even on that same vein, I, this came, I wrote later in the thing, but I was thinking that air airplanes might have like smart seating. You know how, like when you have multiple drivers and in, in like a nice car, like the car settings for the temperature and the position of the oh, seat right, and everything right, right. yeah so airlines might be able to do that and then they wouldn't put like tall people necessarily like right in front of each other because they would know that this person needs this much leg room and and you know like it would queue up your entertainment preferences
1: and, and whatnot yeah that would be very neat not far off and I, I bet you airlines are looking into that already like if you knew people's specs sort of their height their width their overall weight and maybe you had a few seats with more conducive room to certain people. It could, yeah, board the plane much more efficiently, put people in in places sitting near to people they're more likely to get along with and stuff. That'd be kind of neat
0: yeah another one was uh, i read was uh, actually like facial recognition and stuff but it was like heartbeat rhythms like mm-hmm. they would you wouldn't need a passport because like as soon as you entered an airport like they wouldn't even need security necessarily because they would know exactly who everybody is and where they are in the airport at any time you know right um maybe you wouldn't need the passport because it would be able to computers will be able to recognize that you are that person you know without even doing those silly fingerprints
1: Again, you're kind of onto that. Like I know last time I went to Singapore, there's a channel where I think it's done off retinal uh, recognition and whatnot for Singaporeans. But yeah, I think we're not far. Like I'd say within five years, a lot of developed nations will probably have an option to scan your, your retina or something. And I don't think it's too far off that we might have some sort of chip implanted in us. So yeah, I think the days of passports are probably, you know, a decade, two decades away, totally probable.
0: All right, and in, in a similar vein, I, I made a note here about like, are there going to be more like robot taxis and robot interactions, or is it going to be more holographic tour guides and and stuff like that? Will will they need to have protected jobs? Like, will be tour guide be a thing that that's still like a job because government's protected, or are robots and holograms going to take over everything?
1: I think you can't stop technology, right? And I think back to when digital music started the file ability to trade digital music. And there was Napster and, you know, the music industry fought it. But basically once something is possible, you can slow it down for a while, but you can't stop it. And while I think some guides have their place and they were always B guides, I think you're going to see the reliance on them degrade over time and go down over time in that you'll have that ability to call up anything on your phone right and have an earpiece in and say oh, I want a, I want an audio explanation or I just want a video explanation or I just want to read it but you'll be able to almost it'll tell where you are that oh you're standing right in front of this particular temple or you're standing in front of this piece of art and AI or, or some you know computer will be able to tell you a meaningful story about where you are so I think Yeah, I think the role of the the guide will decrease. Yeah, and we'll get to the
0: AI in a specific section at the the bottom, but maybe one what's more likely. What's more likely, or which one are you looking more forward to maybe, Uh, moon tourism, like going to the moon on vacation, or Mm -hmm. traveling to the bottom of the ocean tourism?
1: Not really looking forward to either. I think I would puke my guts out in both situations. But as far as the moon is away, I think that one will catch on more than ocean, like bottom of the ocean tourism, because it seems that building deep water subs is, I think, almost as hard as building a spacecraft and getting lots of people on them. I think moon tourism is still decades and decades away, but obviously the ability to go into low orbit is now possible. So I would say moon tourism over bottom of the ocean tourism.
0: You? Yeah, I think it's going to be quite a bit sooner, maybe, you know, like 10- 15 years. I don't know. Um, yeah, the ocean, I was wondering even maybe if we're living in under the ocean that like visiting the surface tourism (laughs) would be a thing (laughs) depending on how well things go. Uh, do you have any other, like, uh, maybe thoughts on the subject predictions for the next 25 years before we get into like more wild speculation?
1: Yeah, that's a good one, Trevor. I mean, do some of these sites, are you even able to visit them anymore? Let's keep it close to home. 20, 30 years, can you even go to Angkor Wat or has it just been ruined by too many people so they don't let anyone in?
0: yeah i don't know again I, I bet it's like with like biometrics and stuff they could probably control the numbers of visitors to each temple you know like maybe you would have a personal itinerary like you say these are the temples i'd like to visit each day and it would be like really mm-hmm. easy enough to like schedule your visits so that like you know bayon at noon bayon temple from noon to 1am to has like five visitor spots available and you could sort of pick yeah and choose where you want to go you know that could be better
1: and do we get into a point where planes, you know, you could be anywhere in the world in a few hours. Do you think that's possible in 20 years?
0: Yeah, you know, like it, it's possible that like plane travel could become prohibitive. Maybe like what's gonna happen is we're gonna do like the space ones. Like if you just go up into like low orbit and then come back down, it takes like an hour to get across the planet, right? I don't know mm. exactly how long, but like maybe commercial aircraft as we know them are, you know, we'll be replaced as soon as we can figure out like a more cleaner, efficient way to blast into space. Cause that's just like a burst straight up and then around and down. Right.
1: Yeah. I think you've hit the nail on the head with that. We'll probably come back to something like that actually on mine. So how do we move on from here, Trevor?
0: Um, let's talk about some like travel inventions that you'd like to see come true. If you had like a couple of like you know, the back to travel wishes, but like, you know, more grounded, what are some travel things that would really be game changers that you'd like to see invented or rolled out in the next decade or so?
1: Sure. I mean, we were just touching on this and I had my list flights that could get you anywhere in the world in about five to six hours. And I think that's possible and will happen in the next couple decades. But the one thing against that in my mind too, is that when you think about how other technologies have advanced, Air travel, the speed of it really hasn't increased that much in the last 40 to 50 years. So I think there's something about what it takes to move people faster that we can't crack or it's just too expensive. So I think your point, the only way that'll happen is if planes can just start to, yeah, go suborbital and come back down. That's one. I hope that there's a way to have luggage holding and forwarding. So let's say, you know, you're going to be on multiple trips that would require different equipment and clothes, depending on the season or the sports and the things you're doing, you could somehow check in. And let's say that you were going to go you know, surfing in Bali. And then after that, you were going to go mountain biking in Japan. And then after that, you were going to go off to Romania and, and see art and drink fine wines. So you could go to the airport, could drop all that stuff, and it would just sort of end up at destinations. And as you finished each part of your trip, you could just check that bag and it would go back to your home so you could have stuff all over the place waiting for you rather than having to carry it all at once. What do you think of that crazy idea?
0: Yeah, that's pretty close to one of mine. I'd said, I'd like to see my luggage. I'd like to send my luggage ahead. You know, like I'd like, I I pack ahead of time. I'd like to be able to just put it outside. A drone picks it up. And then when I get to my hotel, wherever I'm going, it's waiting for me you know, hmm. like let's out- outsource luggage to Amazon. Right. But I like your yeah. idea too, that like, Hey, maybe I'm going to a couple countries. So I pack one bag that's going to Japan. I bag one bag that's going to, to Thailand. And then both of those bags get sent off. Right. And then they're there when I get there and the stuff just gets sent back, you know, like the airlines shouldn't necessarily be involved in your luggage. Like they should be sent no. separately somehow. <laughs> you know?
1: Yeah. I, I agree with that. I think that's a good one. Another one I, I would like, and I think it's definitely going to happen is that they'll kind of be a global SIM. And I don't even think it's going to be a SIM, but we're, you know, we all use data now. Like we barely even use calling minutes as we used to have, right? But this idea of even getting a SIM when you land in countries is is going to be a thing of the past and just somehow your phone will be your phone and you'll just show up in a country and you'll pay a bit to use it or something, but it'll just always be connected. It'll always work uniformly around the world and there'll be some fees yeah
0: we're kind of on the way that's almost sort of happened already hey and you know my my next one um is also one of my ai predictions i'm going to talk about in the ai section Uh, and we already sort of touched on it a little bit but in in the hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy there's a a thing called a babble fish and a babble fish is like a little fish that you stick in your ear and it translates like any language in the universe for you you know and i think it's going to happen i mean we're going to have like earbuds that do real-time translation for us of every foreign language within a decade, I imagine. And, you know, that's one of my three genie wishes. And so one of my three genie wishes may come true, which means I, I have another free wish like available. I got to think about uh, using it again.
1: Okay, that's a good one. You mentioned this earlier on and, you know, with pretty much everyone having a phone, right, is I think we're not too far off from having some sort of mechanism to efficiently and fairly limit the number of people into certain sites and cities. Like I know places like Amsterdam and Barcelona are overrun. Hoi An was very busy. We talked about that in a a recent episode. So I think that we're not far away from sites having to preserve themselves or they'll simply be ruined and you'll have to register and book times. I mean, you mentioned it about a temple, but somehow with your phone, you could do it in advance, but when you're at places, you'll – You'll, you'll lock it in, right? And maybe even if you're in Barcelona, you'll note that, oh, I'm going to have lunch at this place at this time. And then I'm going to go see this site for two hours. And it sort of manages people a bit more efficiently and moves them around. But I think we're going to have to have mechanisms like that to not completely ruin the places we're, we're trying to go and see.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's, that's interesting that I just did sort of mention that. And the, the, yeah. the things we say, I don't think are necessarily crazy. We're sort of predicting things that are all probably going to come true. But I'm going to go back for my other one to, to the Total Recall movie. I think it was Total Recall. Awesome. It was some Philip K. Dick sci-fi movie. And there was a commercial mm-hmm. in the background for like SPF 3000. And do you remember that? It was like I a do, TV commercial in, in the background. I don't know what film. I think it might have been Total Recall. I think he was in the 20 anyway, cab. Yeah. But yeah. you know, it's just some sort of sunblock. Like I'd like some sort of sunblock dip. Like, you know, say you're at a beach resort or you're at the hotel pool or something, there could be like, like maybe you go down a water slide that coats you in some like super thin veneer of sun reflecting gel that's like good for your skin too. You know, like there has to be some sort of way to coat us with sunblock once the, it, it becomes increasingly dangerous to go outdoors in the sun.
1: Yeah, agreed. I could see some sort of- It could keep
0: us cool somehow.
1: Yeah, some sort of little device you step in, like almost like a circular shower around you and it just sprays a mist on you and you're good to go. (laughs) Yeah, why not? Hmm. My last one here is there's got to be a faster, more efficient way to get on and off planes and deal with security. Like I think of trains and you just rock up to a train, right? In some countries, you might walk through a- metal detector, but that's it. You show up a few minutes before, you step on the train, you get on, the train goes, you get off, that's it. Yeah. And with airports, I mean, we gotta get there, but then it's it's laborious, right? Checking in, waiting to get through immigration, waiting to get through security. I mean, it's a three hour affair. And I feel that it's so antiquated. And why is it you can get on a train and, and just get on? So somehow we've got to find a faster way to get on and off of planes and make that just a much faster process.
0: Dream on. I think that's the most unrealistic thing we've discussed today. I like it. But uh, it seems to me the most outlandish, you know, because like, I don't know, the TSA has never given up uh, the control they have. I don't know, let's see. But again, you know, AI and all this is definitely going to change things. So why don't we roll into that? Uh, Like, it just overall, like in in what greatest way do you think will AI change travel in the next 10
1: years? This is going to happen quickly with some services but then it'll take another five years but i think it's not far off that you'll just be able to speak your travel interests into your phone or your computer your specs yourself your budget what it is you want to do dates and it is going to spit out a travel itinerary a meaningful travel itinerary and you'll be able to just tell it yeah i like that flight but can you see if there's one an hour earlier I kind of like that hotel room, but do they have one with an outdoor shower? Okay, book that, and it'll just be all kind of talking. So you'll be able to, yeah, say exactly what it is you want, tailor, tweak each element of it, tell your computer to book it, to change it, etc. You know, your age, your budget, all that stuff, and you'll just sit in front of your computer and talk your way through it and have it all dialed in almost as quickly as you want. I think that's the big one in the next 10 years.
0: Yeah, you know, because I'm thinking like that even that new Apple headset they've come out with, that's the mm-hmm. equivalent of like the remember the first cell phones that were like these giant things with huge antennas, right? The, the headsets that were that like that new Apple headset is the giant old the. Uh, cell phone you know i think that uh, we're not far away from having like tiny in ear ai operating systems that are similar to siri but that provide yeah, you okay. with real real time navigation search you, you know like be like hey i need to find the local post office and it'll be like the nearest post office is like this way and it'll direct you in real time like you know like it, it, your phones are pretty close to doing that already but you know mm-hmm. maybe your in ear ai siri will have like the opening hours it'll tell you hey like your train is going to depart in 15 minutes. If you leave now and walk at your average pace, you'll be there in seven minutes. You know, like it'll know everything about you. It could translate things for you. I think it's just gonna be like Jarvis, an Iron Man. You know, it's gonna be like an intelligent assistant oh, right. that we sort of have with us everywhere that help us navigate our travels too easily too easily, perhaps.
1: Yeah, too easily. That's a good point. Is is now I even look back to 20 years ago. You know where you opened a Lonely Planet to literally find where to stay or or where to eat, and now you look on Google Maps and it's aggregating user data immediately, right? Like it's gotten so much easier. And I think everything you're saying is going to happen for sure. And I mean, in many ways, it makes travel seem less exciting to me. But I, I guess it just changes, right? And other positives will emerge. But I think you're definitely going to see that one happen. What you just mentioned.
0: Yeah, I mean, some of it'll be good. Like if you know, like, hey, I don't have to leave till the air for the airport until. Jarvis tells me, you know, and he knows how fast I walk and he knows, like, I'm, I'm not going to get lost. You know, you could set it for like, Hey, I want to arrive at the airport exactly this many minutes before the flight, you know, and, uh, or, Hey, you know, on the way, on the way, I, I want to stop and pick up this type of souvenir and it would know where the souvenir shop is along the way, or, Oh, there's a shop at the airport that has it for the same price. It could tell you, you know, like it's gonna, it's going to be a game changer. Yeah. I mean, just Google Maps alone has changed travel in the past 20 years, you know? So imagine once we have like real-time navigation.
1: Absolutely, like every trip I do, when I think of Hoi and Hui with my dad or Taiwan, I was using Google Maps all the time to not only figure what street to get somewhere, but hey, well, where can I eat around here? Where is there this kind of shop? So I think in some areas, like the really busy spots that we talked about, like it is kind of sad we're at a point now where certain cities and certain sites are overrun, But maybe that ability to book in advance and have a Jarvis tell you kind of, okay, go there at three or this, it'll be like, I think self-driving cars won't work properly until all cars are self-driving cars, because then they can all talk to each other. And it's similar here. If everyone's on this kind of system, I think it could be a cure for overly traditionally busy places and make them more manageable and enjoyable.
0: Yeah, I think so. Again, like I I do miss the pre-internet days where like you would literally have to explore and you would actually get lost and you know i still like to mm. just wander around and, and look around it, it's gonna it gets more and more difficult as it becomes more integrated you know once you have that headset that is always there being able to find you the nearest craft beer bar that's open let's say i don't know it, it's gonna be it'll make our lives so much easier that it, it, we won't be able to like not travel with it you know
1: yeah, I agree. Once you get used to it, you have to have it. And it will take some of the serendipity out of travel. But um, some of these things are good, some of them are, are bad. And I can see already that we're not far away from being 60 year old guys telling younger people about how travel used to be and that they missed it. And if they'd only been around 25 or 30 years before, they could have seen travel when it was great. But I, I like this episode. It was fun. I think we have about 50% that are are big daydreams. And I think the other 50% are things that are either not far off and are very likely to happen in a decade ago. So good, good uh, episode here, Trevor. I quite like it. Yeah, thanks. Sometimes,
0: you know, it's good to just uh, brainstorm a bit about things that might pass so that, uh, you know, maybe in 10 years when we have the episode number 400 and something (laughs) Yeah, we can we can compare our uh, predictions today to what things are like then
1: indeed well if you've enjoyed this show and this travel chatting become a patron click donate on our web page or go to patreon.com and search the Show name and be like Austin C, our number one patron, help keep this show going, but also get a special bonus episode of sorts between all of these main ones. Could be a video, could be a chat, or something else fun. So, thank you, Austin C, and all our patrons. Trevor, why don't you wrap this up?
0: Yeah. Hey, thanks everybody for listening. Uh, stay tuned for episode four ninety seven in ten years when Scott and I look back on uh, <laughs> our excellent adventure and future is planning. Uh, until then.
1: Thanks for joining us on Talk Travel Asia. We look forward to sharing with you again soon. Hey Scott, do you remember the time we walked on top of the wall at gangkor Tom in Camp